Hello, thanks for chiming in. You're listening to Set 5 Pass, a podcast about all things Yu-Gi-Oh! Here we talk about deck building, new set drops, the meta, and so much more. Before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe. We would really appreciate it. I'm your host, Julian, and once again, this is Set 5 Pass. Hey there, good morning, evening, afternoon, whenever you're taking the time to listen to this. This is your host, Julian, and today we got something special for you all. We're doing our first ever deck profile episode. So today I'm going to do a review for a Poker Night deck that I've been playing since the launch of King's Court. I've spent quite a few hours over the past month playtesting, tinkering, and really trying to fine-tune this deck so it can perform at least at a rogue status. Since Poker Knights were seen as this turbo-a-god engine, they weren't really taken seriously, and therefore not many people experimented with them. So when not very many people were experimenting with the deck, we don't really see a lot of different deck profiles for stuff like this. In addition, the few decks that have existed are these turbo-god builds, which in my opinion are kind of like a glass cannon and feel very casual or they're these hyper combo I sold builds which don't really feel like you're playing poker night you're just kind of using them as an engine for I sold shenanigans and you could really do that with any other warrior deck so the build I've been focusing on has been tailored to play and use the poker knights as your primary win con of course with the help of some extra deck beaters and some hand traps uh, <clears throat> I'm going to end up sharing a visual photo using the Yu-Gi-Oh! Neuron app of the deck to our new Twitter at Set5Podcast. So if you're if listening is not really so much your thing, you're more than welcome to look there. I'll have it posted up shortly after the episode's up. And while you're there, why don't you give me a follow? That would be pretty nice too. So let's get into it. Alright, so getting right into it, I'm going to go into the monster lineup. Uh, first, I'm just going to go over the basic poker knights. We're running two Queen's Knight, two Jack's Knight, and two King's Knight. I really think that this is a pretty good ratio. If you run one of each, then what happens is that each of them become a brick, and drawing into any one of them can kind of kill a lot of your other cards or synergies. And then on the flip side of it, if you're running three... Three is pretty awful because the Queen's Knight and the Jack's Knight are kind of bricks in of themselves. So, um, you know, twos of each seems pretty good. I kind of like that ratio. Uh, after that, we're going to run three of Joker Knight. And Joker Knight is the main card that helps get the deck going. So, uh, for those that don't know, Joker's Knight is a level 5 light warrior. Uh, 2,000 attack point, 1,400 defense. Its effect is you can send one Queen, King, or Jack's Knight from your deck to the grave and then special summon this card from your hand. And if you do, this card's name becomes that sense monster's name until the end phase. Now, during the end phase, this card is in your graveyard. You can target one other Light Warrior monster in your graveyard. Note that it just says Light Warrior. Return it to the deck, and then if you do, add this card to your hand. You can only use each effect of Joker's Knight once per turn. We run three of this card because it is really, really good. 
Uh, it is a level five body that you can slap on the board for free every turn. And it comes since it comes back, that's what makes it every turn. The other thing is that it makes use of having a king's knight in hand. Uh, so it's not just a brick. So you can use joker's knight to turn into a queen's knight. And then normal summon the king and then the king gives you the jack. And now you have two level five monsters. So you can go into some extra, uh, some rank shenanigans if you want to with that. So uh, with that monster lineup, uh, we're just doing two queen, two jack, two king, three joker. Next, we're going to move into the very, very small Dogmatica engine that I'm using in the deck. So one Ecclesia and one Floor Delise. Uh, <clears throat> the reason why we're only using one of each is that when we're playing with Nadir Servant, which we'll kind of get to a little bit more later on, uh, Nadir Servant can bring from deck or graveyard, so you can bring back your Ecclesia or your Floor Delise that's in grave. Uh, so that's why we only run the one of each, mainly for tightness of the deck. Uh, now moving over into hand traps, we're playing quite a few hand traps. So it's three Ash Blossom because it's really good. Three Bell because it's pretty staple in this meta right now. And three Gamma and one Driver. Now, I don't particularly like Gamma in this deck. However, we play a lot of spells, which I'll kind of get to more here in a bit that really, really, really bait hand traps. And it's typically gonna be your starting place. So Gamma's just kind of there just to make sure if something gets off and that you can actually play your deck pretty much. Uh, once we go into the side deck, I'll kind of go over some of the other stuff that we're running to make it so you don't always have to rely on that. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it's like three Gamma, one Driver. Uh, another little note is that because the deck already runs four bricks, the two queens and the two jacks, I was really trying to focus on other deck cores that didn't run other bricks as well. Um, and unfortunately, Gamma is just too good to pass up right now alongside the driver. So moving into the spell lineup, we're playing three Joker Straight, which is the other new amazing card from King's Court. So what Joker Straight is, it's a normal spell card. You discard one card, Special summon one queen from your deck, add one king or jack's knight from your deck's in the hand, and then immediately after it resolves, you can normal summon a monster. You cannot special summon monsters from the extra deck for the rest of the turn, except for light warrior monsters. During the end phase, if this card is in your graveyard, you can target one light warrior monster in your graveyard, shuffle it back in the deck, and if you do, add this card to your hand. Going to each effect of Joker Straight. So, What's really cool is that this card is bonkers, like first and foremost. You pretty much discard, you get your queen, you add your king's knight, normal summon your king's knight, king's knight gets you jack. So with all three of them um, on board as your starting play, you have two level fours and a level five. And that's not including whether or not you have a joker's knight in your starting hand as well alongside that. So with the joker's knight, if you want to slap that on board as well, you end up with two level fives and two level fours. And being locked in the Light Warriors isn't necessarily the bad a bad thing. We have uh, Utopia. Uh, we also use things like um, Constellar Pallades because that's a level five Light Warrior, a rank five Light Warrior. And so there is options to go into. Uh, we do run the Ice Soul, and I'll get to that a little bit more later on. 
but we're typically just using Isol for a search and to make use of our monsters. Uh, so we're not, so we have a follow-up play for the following turn, pretty much. Um, and then, like the other Joker card, uh, it comes back to your hand. So you never really run out of resources once you get some, once you get your plays going, because you just throw all of your poker knights back in the deck and get these back to hand. It's so free. It is. You just constantly have a fault play every turn, which is great. After that, we run three Prosperity because it's nice to be able to dig for strong cards. Uh, prosperity, unfortunately, is really staple to this deck. There's not really a budget alternative you can use for this. If you switch to Extra or Desires, you would have to change uh, some of the side deck and a couple of the main main deck cards. And I'll get to that a little bit more later on. But yeah, Prosperity is just... Really, really good right now. Most of the time, we're not really OTKing. It's kind of difficult for it to OTK unless, you know, you kind of have it in the bag. So um, having that, having the half damage from Prosperity isn't a game breaker, but however, it does kind of, it is inconvenient here and there. After that, we run three Nadir Servant to get us our Dogmatica engine and also give some additional um, resource management. And then we have three Droplets. So Forbidden Droplet is another one of those cards that you can swap it out for something else. However, the reason why we're using it is that we have a monster. All the Joker cards come back to hand. And so the sending the cost for Droplets is never really a cost because you can cover your monster spells and traps with the other stuff you're using, uh, with the Jokers that you're using negate a whole bunch of stuff and then during the end phase all your joker stuff comes back and you get to throw your poker knights back into the deck to pretty much keep going so uh i've seen people use dinomiscus as a good substitute i've also seen people use book of lunar eclipse as a substitute both of them are pretty good pretty solid um i think dinomiscus has just slowly become more popular because the target and banish is just really good right now uh book of lunar eclipse has been solid for those matchups that are really heavy on um you know like link synchro and exe summoning because you can really stop that and kind of put them in their tracks so um drop is definitely something that you can flex with but i'm using it because it's a really really strong negate in this format after that we're running three one ofs we have double or nothing because we run a utopia package because it's a light warrior we have one rota to one, bait a hand trap, and two, get us a King's Knight when we really need it. Um, and then we run one Instant Fusion, which I'll get to here in a bit. Uh, and once I get over to the extra deck, but Instant Fusion ended up being a tech card that I tossed in kind of for giggles. And it ended up being really, really good. So it was like, oh, geez, okay, I need to, this is kind of like a staple in the deck now because it's just an additional small engine win con that can help with the deck. For the trap lineup, we're running two Dogmatic Punishment because we are running, we need search targets off the Ecclesia. And though we can go into our extra deck, it's not necessary. And Dogmatic Punishment alongside a Entis is just really good at help controlling the board so you can actually take control of things later on. Um, so we are only running the two I have considered dropping this to one, but I think two is just really essential right now. 
And then the last two slots in the deck are being used for two copies of Joker's Wild. So Joker's Wild is the last Joker card of the set. Uh, also came out of King's Court. Uh, is a normal trap card. During the main phase or battle phase, not just yours, you can send one spell from your deck to the graveyard that specifically lists Queen's Knight, King's Knight, and Jack's Knight. Sending is cost. Important to note. This, this effect becomes that spell's effect when this card is activated. And then during the end phase, if it's in your graveyard, you can target a Light Warrior, shuffle it back in the deck, and add this card back to hand. You can only use each effect of Joker's Wild once per turn. So, there was one other card that came out in King's Court um, that is a spell that you can send for Joker's Wild. And it's, that, it's the card that does the Egyptian God stuff. But we're not using the Egyptian God stuff. We're mainly using Joker's Wild as two additional copies of Joker Straight. So when you send Joker Straight from deck to grave, uh, it becomes it copies the effect. And then since it copies the effect and Joker's Wild has already been activated, um, the opponent can't ash this. So, and you don't have to pay cost because the effect becomes the effect. So Joker's Wild is a better Joker straight. You can't ash it and you don't have to do the discard. And then you now have wild and straight in the graveyard so they can come back during the end phase if the opponent happens to break through your board. Joker's Wild is great because uh, sometimes you can just use it as something to put three bodies on board to take some damage so you're not being attacked directly. Uh, I've used it in the battle phase as a way to uh, push for extra damage. So like, you know, I swing with my normal board and then Joker's Wild to get three more boards, uh, three more monsters to swing in. And it's important to note that a queen, a king, and a jack's knight is exactly 5,000 damage. So if you can like pump for 3,000 or you like, you know, do uh, push for a little bit of additional damage right off the bat, an additional 5,000 on top of that will usually net you your game. Um, and then, you know, as I said earlier, Joker's Wild comes back to hand like the other Joker cards, so it's just too good. It's too good. I've seen poker builds that aren't using the trap card, and I don't understand why, because it's just so good. Even, even, like I said, just throwing three bodies out there just to take on three hits is so useful, and it has saved me so many times. <laughs> So moving on to the extra deck, uh, the extra deck is really a mosh posh and it looks gimmicky as hell. So first I'm going to go into the exes. Uh, most of the time we're locked into light warriors. So a lot of this extra deck is going to be light warriors and then a lot of the extra deck is going to be like tools that you can send off Entes and then there's additional cards that are kind of like niche situations. So we're using uh, a Utopia and a Utopia Double and Utopia Lightning. Um, it is one of our main win cons. It's a light warrior that we can get on board pretty easily. In addition, if the opponent happens to break through it and you don't get your double or nothing or you don't get the swing, um, since they're light warriors, all the Joker stuff can bring those back to extra deck as well. Alongside that, we're running one Constellar Pallades because it's a level 5 light warrior. And a Heroic Champion Excalibur. Um, this is an old card, I understand. But however, sometimes the Utopia Double stuff is already engraved. And you probably can't swing for game. However, you need to hit for a lot of damage in time. 
Excalibur is that card because you detach two materials and it becomes 4,000 till the end of the opponent's turn. So Excalibur has come in handy. I run the one of. Next, we're running two Elder MC Entis uh, and one Titanoclad for the Dogma package. Um, Entis is self-explanatory. It's an additional pop while Titanoclad gets you your Dogmatica engine. Uh, next is some of our Link monsters. So there's the Single Eye Sold uh, because it's the Light Warrior. The Arcana Extra Joker. Um, I don't actually end up putting this card on board very often. However, the couple times that I do go into this card, it comes in handy. Um, it ends up once per turn uh, when a spell trap monster effect that targets that card or anything it points to. You can pitch a card that matches it, so monster spell and trap, um, and negate that card. So it's a little bit of extra protection. It has an effect from when it's destroyed by battle, but I almost never get that effect off, so I typically don't really intended <laughs> I never do my strategy with the with the mind of like oh yeah when he pops this card this extra joker is gonna give me more cards because it never gets to that point after that we run an artifact Dagda so Dagda was a card mainly for the side deck but I end up just mania in the extra deck uh, because half the time the with prosperity it's just something I can send off the prosperity and then we run a Black Luster Soldier, Soldier of Chaos. So BLS is... If you look at the deck list on paper, there's not very many big monsters that give BLS the additional protection. However, there is a Florida Lease. And there's quite a few times where we can just slap Florida Lease on board because the opponent has an extra deck monster. And we already have like one or two monsters from the previous turn. And there you go, there's your BLS. And against the Sky Striker matchup, it really helps. Um, and a lot of other matchups I've had, just something that is really big that can't be targeted or destroyed by card effects sometimes just wins you the game. So I do run him. He kind of has a soft place in my heart. He's definitely a flex spot if you, if you don't have him or you want to try something else. And then the last three cards in the extra deck is the small package that goes alongside the Instant Fusion. So we're running, our, our target for Instant Fusion is Sea Monster of Thesis. So it's a level five zombie tuner. Um, and the reason why that's important is that we're never really synchro summoning. Like, <laughs> you're never bringing out Sea Monster to like synchro alongside a Queen's Nair or something like that. You're bringing Sea Monster to synchro alongside Joker's Knight or Jack's Knight. Uh, so you can go into Ultimaya Zulkin because you have two level 5 monsters. And then since we have a lot of stuff that we can just set, so like the Droplets, the Joker's Wild, that always comes back to hand. It gets us a Crystal Wing Synchro Dragon. So it's a very small package. Um, it's just three cards. It comes up every now and then. And man, once it hits board, if that's my starting play is the Crystal Wing Synchro Dragon play, then... I just get so much leverage in the game right off the bat just because now I can do like my Joker straight, my Prosperities, my Nadir without worrying about any type of hand traps because if they try to hand trap you negate it. Uh, so yeah, that's it for the extra deck. Um, another cool thing is that in the games where you know that this package isn't going to help you, you can side out the Instant Fusion and then when you use things like Prosperity, 
you have a, essentially three cards right off the bat that you can banish out the prosperity. And so it allows you to do really digger, deeper digs to um, pick up pretty much what you need and, you know, the main side deck stuff that you're trying to, like, you know, lock the opponent out of the game for. So that's it for the extra deck. Uh, now going into the side deck, the side deck is a little bit tricky. And uh, so we're running three Droll because we want to slow the pace of the duel back down to our pace. We're running two of the Wind Kaiju because every now and then Tri-Brigades still are using the Wind um, route as a way to lock the opponents out of the duel. So just being prepared and having that on hand does come in handy. Uh, Kaiju's come in handy during the Sky Striker matchup as well. And really just any deck that sits on one really big monster to try to win them the duel. So like Dragoon, things like that. Uh, the two's, two's fine. Um, you can kind of flex whether or not you want to use any more of those. I'm um, using three Twin Twisters. Uh, the reason why I'm not using Cyclone is that we can use Twisters and pitch the Joker straight, like all the Joker stuff, because they come back to hand anyways. And that way we're not paying 1,000 life points. So on the off chance that we're going into time, we're not losing. Um, also, Cyclone only gets rid of one. Twisters get rid of two. Uh, sometimes opponents are really banking on floodgates, so popping two cards has just been a little bit more helpful lately. Next, we're running three evenly matched. Uh, I think this is a very dumb card right now in the meta, and it helps and saves me so many games. So I'm running this at three. If I know I'm going second, it's really easy to side it in. Um, it has just won me so many games. And then the last four slots is an artifact package. So one Scythe, one Morale Tech, and two Artifact Sanctums. So when you're when I know I'm going first, or say that like I lose round one and I get to choose, I can side in an artifact package so I can lock the opponent out of the duel, and then the following turn do a double or nothing to win. If I know, since I don't know if I'm gonna win the die roll, that's why I'm sticking to the Gammas, the Gamma and Driver, but if I know I'm going second, I can side the gamma and drive the gamma and ciphering stuff back in so I can slow the opponent down so I can do what I need to do. So really the gammas and driver is the going second package and the artifact stuff is the going first package. However, it, like I said, because we don't know what the result of the die roll is gonna be, we do the sideframe stuff. Uh I the artifact package wins me quite a few games. Actually, today, it won me my match against Drytron. Because I drolled one turn, and then I scythed another turn. And by the time we get to turn three, I was able to win. Uh, so, it's just a blowout card. Every deck right now in the meta is using a lot of extra deck. Uh, and so, scythe just forcing the opponent to either not play or play very sidestepped is so 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 good right now yeah it gosh i can ramble on and on and on about <laughs> the artifact package uh but yeah it so that's the side deck that is pretty much the entire deck in general uh main extra deck and all that uh if you end up giving this deck a shot uh, send me a message on Twitter and let me know what you think about it. Uh, I'm always up for theorycrafting and learning new strategies and tech cards 
And for the most part, that's really it for this week's episode. I'm going to make an effort to do more deck profile episodes in the future. So if there's something that you're aching to see, let me know. And I can see what I could do about getting an interview with somebody or somebody who really plays that deck. Uh, but other than that, thanks for listening to this week's episode. This is Set 5 Pass, and I am your host, Julian.